God is a spirit. In Genesis, it says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. He said, let us make man in our image. So if he made us and we look like this, he should have an image also that resembles who we are as his children. So I would say God has an image. But he said, let us make man in our image. Does that mean that they share an image? Or does that mean that the Father and the Son both have separate images, but they're the same in the same likeness? Um, he says, the Father and I are one. And we said, we're to be one also, but we'll never be God. And the Father will never be the Son, and the Son will never be the Father, even though he said... Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What he meant when he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, is that I only do what I see my Father doing. Jesus never sinned. The Father has no sin. So everything he did, everything he said, was just like the Father would do. Because he loves the Father. And he obeys the Father's commands. Sin is the transgression of the law. If we, if we break the law, we sin. He never sinned. He never broke the law. So he always was the full measure of the Father's standard. So truly, of the most, he said, all that come before me were liars. So everybody else, no matter how hard they tried or what they said or did, we all fell short. That's why it says all fall short and all have sinned of the glory of God. But he never did that. Everything he said and did was right in line with the Father. So when he said, when you've seen me, Peter, you've seen the Father. He's saying, you want to know what God's like? Look to me, his son, Jesus. And so that's who our example is. That's who we look to. This is where you have people that say, well, what would Jesus do? And they come into these situations and they try to think about what Jesus would do in their situation. And what this is, it sounds nice, but it's really contrary to the scriptures because they're not looking to the scriptures to see what Jesus did do. They're leaning on their own understandings about what they think he would do in that situation. And that's, that's not what the scriptures say to do. It says to present all our requests to him. And he will keep our path straight. He'll guide us. But we can't make up our own our own thing and, and say that, well, this is what Jesus would do. So if we want to know what's the perfect representation of God the Father, we look at the Son, His Son, and what it says about Him in the Scriptures, what's written down for us, for our, our admonishment, for us to grow, for us to know who the Father is. You're not going to look at any dad down here, and I know people love their dads, and it doesn't matter how great a dad you had. All of us fall short. So we can't look to some dad and say, that's what God the Father's like. We all fall short. It says we see in part, but someday we'll fully know just as we're fully known. There'll be so much our eyes will be open to after we're dead and gone from this life and born, you know, we're walking in with him in heaven. But right now, there's so much we don't know. Now, we can seek and we can ask and we can knock and he'll give us things. He'll teach us. It says he'll, the Spirit will t- take us into the deep things of God. But who sounded the depths of God? 
nobody. I mean, if we look at Elijah, he was a prophet. And he did miracles. He did so many things. And and Elisha was his protege. He was going to take over after Elijah was gone. And Elisha asked, I would like a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah said, what you ask is a hard thing. But he said, if you see me go up, if you see me go from this earth, you'll have your request. Well, he saw him go up, and he was given a double portion of his spirit, which is a huge thing. And we see that uh, Elisha's life, many things happened, many miracles, much power, spiritual power. But it, but all these are short and pale in comparison when we look at the Son of God. It says that the Spirit is given to him without measure. It means there's no limit. It says the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. There, It's 100%. Now, what was Elijah? Was Elijah 20% and then Elisha double portion 40%? I don't know. I know their lives were awesome and, and the power that they had that flowed through them, but they weren't at 100%. But the Messiah, the Son of the living God, is, was, and always will be, 100%. The fullness of the Godhead dwelled in him bodily. So, all the great men, Daniel, uh, David, Job, all, all these great men, Noah, Abraham, None of them had that 100%. Us today that are born again of His Spirit, we don't have 100%. We're to grow in the Spirit. We're to grow in faith. We're to walk with Him every day, just like Enoch did. But we're not at 100%. We don't understand what that's like. We just know it's a lot better than it used to be. And we have everything to look forward to and nothing to go back to. Let's talk about the attributes of God. God has all knowledge. That's that's too hard for us to really comprehend. I think about it sometimes and it blows me away and my mind just wants to shut down on me or my brain or whatever. I can go outside, it's fall right now, and I can watch one tree. Say you got one tree in your yard and you go outside and there's leaves falling off the tree. You're just looking at that one tree. Do you know how many leaves fell off that tree? You go inside, you go to sleep, you come out the next day, a bunch more leaves are off of there. You don't know how many. Of course, the three days, all the leaves are off the tree. You don't know how many there were. You don't know what in sequence they fell. You don't know what speed they were when they hit the ground. You, you don't know any of these things. We, we're so limited. God knows every tree in the world. He knows when it was planted, how it was planted, if it was planted by a bird or a person. 
He knew if it was planted by the wind blowing it off the tree to another area. He knows how far it went, what wind speed there was that day. He knows the succession of which leaf fell first all the way to the end of every tree in the world. He knows everything. He knows when a, when a deer gives birth in the woods. He knows every tree that falls when nobody else hears it. He knows everything. He knows every child that's born. He knows every hair on their head, or if they don't got any at the moment, he knows every hair they will have. He knows everything. It says he has your tears in a bottle. He knows how many tears you've cried in your life. He knows everything that you're going through, everything you will go through. He loves you more than your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your children. He loves you more than you can love yourself. Because God is love. Who can sound the depths of God? Who can measure that depth? He knows all things. He knows what we ask and think before we do it. How does he do that? Because he's not held by time. He made time, but he's not held by it. We are in time. We're stuck in time right now. Well, a person would say, well, if he can do all that, then why don't he stop all this this trouble? Why don't he stop all all these bad things that's happening? Why don't he make everything okay? If he stopped everybody that sinned, there wouldn't be nobody left. He's long-suffering. That means he's very patient with us. He's not happy about the things that are happening. He's He's not pleased at all with all this that's going on. He's saddened by the choices that we've all made over and over again. But he gives us a choice every day. He says his grace is new every morning. He has the power there for us if we would just accept his will, accept his his life flowing through us instead of going our own way or saying, I love you, Lord, but then we but then we go our own way. We'll decide or we're too busy or well I just don't know and, and we go our own way. If every man would teach his family God's way as he learns it, and that he would seek him with all his heart. It says if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. If every man would do this, what problems would there be? There'd still be plenty of problems because everybody has a choice. Even though you tell your children, they're still going to make a choice. You can't make them believe anything. They'll have their own beliefs. But you have a job to do, and you'll be judged by it as you bring your children up in the fear and admonition of The Lord. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not God's fault that all these troubles are in the world. Just because he has all knowledge and all power doesn't mean that he stops it. He allows things to happen. Who who do you know that if they had all power, there are so many people in this world that want more and more power, and it goes right to their head, and they're just dictators, and all they want to do is is control everybody. God's not like that. 
He lets you make a choice. He won't make you love him because he knows he can't make you love him. He doesn't want robots. That's why he made you and me. People made in his image and he wants us to love him and obey him. But he won't make us do it. You can get, you can torture somebody and get them to say whatever you want. But you can't change what they believe. God loves us and he has all kinds of good plans for us if we would want to go his way and learn his ways. Every day, he's right there to teach you. Every day, he says you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. Isn't it great that he knows every leaf that falls? Whether it's a snowflake, a leaf, he knows how many grains of sand there are. And his thoughts up towards us outnumber the grains of sand. Isn't it great that he's not too busy? That he has time to to be in, be with you every day? People today have so much information going across through their lives. They're thumbing this up and thumbing this down and liking this and not liking that. And they're, they're scanning through it. They don't even have time for their children anymore. They don't have time for their spouse anymore. They're so busy. Well, God's not so busy. That's why I'm saying he's not like you and me in in these ways. Yeah, we're made in his image. We're, we're to be his children, but he's not like us. He has all power. He's omnipresent. It means he's everywhere. There's no place that he isn't. We can't understand that. We're only in one place at a time. He has time for me every day. He has time for you every day. He wants us to spend time with him. But we're too busy. We're too busy with people that drag us down. We're too busy with the mess that we've made. We're too busy telling lies. We're too busy trying to make money. We're too busy worried about how we look on the outside and hiding what we look like on the inside to spend time with God who made us and who loves us and who wants to change us on the inside that even on the outside we'd be changed and be radiant. It has to start with you. It has to start with me. Saying yes to him and no to all these other things that just steal our time. If you gain the whole world, you can still lose your own soul. Where you can where can you buy the spirit of God? You can't go to Walmart and get it. All this high technology and you can't buy the Spirit of God. But He gives it freely to those that repent of their sin and accept His Son's sacrifice on their behalf and ask Him to forgive them and come and live in them. And then He writes His laws on our hearts and our minds because His laws are good. 
So God's everywhere. He's always there. You may not get a signal on your cell phone. You may not be able to reach anybody, but you can reach God. He's, his signals always works. He's never out of reach. You'll never hear a busy signal. God is greater than we know, than we can even imagine. It's not a matter if God loves you or not. Of course he does. He made you. It's do you love him? I hear people say, oh, if there was only one person in the world, God would send his son. You know, it says in the scriptures that the nations are a drop in the bucket. It says we're worth more than sparrows, and that's true. But why do we have to make it about if it's just little old me? It's always so selfish. That starts out so selfish. The first place, in the first place, Jesus died for the Father, for his love for the Father. It wasn't for you and for me, not first. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he died for us. But we weren't first. The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, all your strength. And the second one is like it, to love one another. So God's always first. His son put him first. So it's not about if you were the only person. It's not about that. We're not the only person. And it's time we start to learn that. Love him, love others. And then that self's in there somewhere, but that self's always getting to be first all the time. And that's wrong. It's idolatry. If we have any other gods before him, it's idolatry. So living in reality, we know there's plenty of people on this planet, and we all need him. And he sent his son, and that's the main thing. If he didn't send him, we wouldn't have a chance. Because we've all sinned. But because he sent his son, and his son was willing to to come to please the Father and and to help us. We have hope. We can have eternal life in Him. We can be born again. And if we're not, there's only two places for your sin. On the Messiah or on you. Don't try it alone without Him. Because all our good words... All our good works are like filthy rags, Isaiah says. It's not going to get it done. That's why he sent his son. John the Baptist said that he came to prepare the way for the Messiah. He said every mountain must be brought low and every valley be brought up. This is all those ones in the valley that say, I'm just too far gone. He can't save me. Yes, he can. And all those up on the mountaintop that say, I'm doing fine. I don't need saved. I don't need God. Yes, you do. And he brings all those on a level ground, showing that we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same situation. We all have sinned. Who is God? He's great. He's all-powerful. He 
is full of mercy and justice. He is the truth. He never lied. He's the perfect father that none of us ever really had and none of us really are. But we can strive to be more and more like him. But we can't do it in our own strength and our own flesh. We must be born again of his spirit. That's the key. And then surrender in him. Surrender and die to yourself daily. And seek to have a clear conscience with him. Don't be afraid to admit you're wrong. You don't have to be tough with him. He already knows everything you've done. Don't be afraid to spill your guts to him. Cry out to him. Don't be afraid to cry. He's waiting for you to come to him. There's lots of other things that we could talk about about who is God. But this, I think, is enough for now to think about. And This wasn't done in anything except in the spirit of love and the hope that you are walking with him. And if you're not, I hope you will be soon. And I hope this helps you and encourages you to seek God with all your heart. Have a great day. Oh, one more thing. Actually, two things. I called uh, Philip Peter. And it was Philip he was talking to. And I also goofed up on that scripture. It says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And uh, just wanted to clarify that. Have a good one.